The Beer and Pretzel Podcast and Trash Talk Podcast are part of the Buttwide, though, and Podfix Networks. Check them out to hear more content from other great podcasters. Hello, my name is Austin. I'm the main host and I am the GM of the Beer and Pretzel podcast, where podcasts examines different one-shot role-playing games. Pretty much we try to play and try out different role-playing games that are not the world's most famous role-playing game. Uh, we play them on our show in a bunch of actual play episodes and we do reviews of the games that we play and we also talk to the game creators. Today, I'm here with Gabrielle. We've been talking for a while about about two role-playing games that you have already uh, put out there in the world, and also you have a new one that's coming out, actually it's out right now. First of all, Gabrielle, thanks for coming on the show and talking to me about your role-playing game experience. Thank you very much for inviting me, Austin. Oh. Uh, much appreciated. Before we jump into it, we're going to be talking about, in this interview, your free games. Uh, NeuroCity was the first one, and then you have a Warpland that came out, uh, I think it was last year or was it earlier this year? Uh, last year, yes. Last year. Yes. And right now, if people have enjoyed uh, playing your games or if people are interested by the premise of your newest game, they should go check it out. I'll put the Kickstarter link in the description below. You have a new game out called Hell Knight, and we'll be talking about that during this episode. Before we talk about those, let's talk about how you got into role-playing games, but also write-in for role-playing games, because there's, of course, thousands of people out there that play role-playing games, but only a select number who actually have made, at like you, three different games at this point. So how did you get into write-in for role-playing games? Like, was Nero City the first game you made, or was that just, like, the biggest one that came first? Or what role-playing games did you develop coming up to your games that you're working on now? I started playing role-playing games at about uh, 15, when I was about 15 years old, and I always liked to be a GM. I like to tweak my own version of the settings and my own version of the of the rules so for me came naturally to start uh, making my own games but it was only three years ago that i decided to to publish uh, one of them neurocity initially i wrote i wrote it in spanish and tried to sell it unsuccessfully in the spanish market um, then I translated it to English and I was surprised by the good reviews and the feedback from the community and that kept me going for more. And that's what I was about to ask you next actually was what is the role-playing game scene where you're at which is in Argentina because here in the United States Dungeons Dragons is obviously the biggest game by far but there's a decent scene for people that are playing indie role-playing games uh, and of course our podcast is all about discovering independent role-playing games but where you're from it sounds like you said that you first did it in Spanish and then it wasn't super successful and then once you made it in English so that more people can read it then it started really picking up and people have been playing it and giving you some really positive feedback. So where you are in Argentina for uh, people play role-playing games, what do people mostly play? Here in, in Argentina, the, uh, 
the market is quite small. Uh, most people still play traditional role-playing games like D&D &D and Pathfinder uh, or Call of, of Call of Tulu, a bit maybe of World of Darkness or uh, the old World of Dar Darkness. I think that we are a bit uh, late uh, behind uh, what what would I think they are calling it the new OSR movement, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what I consider that's uh, an interesting movement for me. Brazil, on the other, our neighbors, the Brazilians, on the other hand, they are launching very cool new stuff, especially from the hand of Diogo Nogueira. Uh, for some reason, the, the Brazilians have the edge, the, the advantage on that. We are still uh, have a long way to learn. People need to are, are still uh, just started to become aware of uh, what can indie creations add to the RPG scenes. For me, uh, I I have been playing independent role-playing games for for a decade or or, or so. I I love them. I love the style uh, an independent creator can give to a, a game. I think for me, a, a role-playing game is art, you know, and an art uh, can only be to some extent be done in in a community form. I think it should be personal, uh, independent, and uh, independent mostly from, from companies, from corporations. I agree 100%. Like, everyone that we've talked to on this show, like, almost everyone, while they are very talented at what they do, making role-playing games for them isn't their main job. It's kind of like a side hobby to them or a side gig. And they have a main job that they do for their main source of income. So for them, they make role-playing games not necessarily for the money, but because it is an expression of their own art. With like some companies like Wizards of the Coast, I like playing Dungeons & Dragons like everyone else, but at the end of the day, that corporation is really a corporation. And they're making so many books every year for Dungeons & Dragons not necessarily because the game needs it, but because it generates a lot more money. While you and all the rest of the game creators out there, you guys are pretty much just making your games because you want to see your game out there and people playing it. Because for indie role-playing game creators, there's not a lot of money out there, but you do it for the love of the art. So you're talking about games that you have been playing. You like to play indie role-playing games. What have you been playing recently besides your own games, like playtesting your own games and playing it probably with your friends? Besides your own games, what are you normally playing? Honestly, Austin, uh, in the last seven months, I have been playtesting uh, my games like a maniac. Uh, so I didn't have much time to play other games. I played a bit of uh, Black Sun Deathcrawl. I'm not, I don't know if you are familiar with that game. I consider it a, a precursor to Mordor. Hmm. Uh, have you heard about it? I've heard about it, but I haven't played it. But if it's kind of like something that kind of led up to Morkborg, I might want to try it out. Yes, it's basically a, a fantasy setting, but the idea is that a Black Sun is coming... Uh, closer to Earth and is killing everything, like right now. It's happening right now. So uh, the players, need, the, the characters need to like go underground, uh, 
uh, and and it's eventually suited for uh, one shots uh, because the idea is that uh, sooner or later they will all die. So it's like a a super brutal Morgborg. <laughs> I can kind of see the inspiration for it for your game Warplan too. Yes, yes, of course, yes, yes, has has something about it, yes. But uh, Warplan uh, deals with mutations, right? Mm. Yeah, and sure. Black Sun Deathcrawl is just like pure death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see. Yeah, I guess that the author, the author is James Buck George. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It does look like a cool looking game. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't played it yet. But yeah, Black Sun Deathcrawl. That looks like a fun game. So that makes sense, though, that you haven't had a lot of time to play other role playing games because you've been play testing your own games, which is kind of like yeah. the best way for you to take a game and see if it works, to see yes. if every mechanic works and if everything's balanced and if it's going to be, like, fun for people to play. So I assume you've been recently playing uh, Hell Knight over and over with different people. So what – of course you have your friends and family to play, but is there any way for you to find people that you don't know to play your games? Like, is there any kind of community or place that you can go to to try to get people to go, hey, can you – play this game with me, it'll be fun, it'll help me develop this game more. Uh, yes, luckily, just um, when I started with Warplum, um, a few guys uh, from my country uh, got close to me and decided to be like official playtesters uh, for the game. So I basically have two playtesting groups. One is like from my inner circle. Another are guys that I can send them what I'm writing and they will try it out and give me valuable feedback. So yes, definitely. I need, at least I need two groups to test it and I need four or five months to play test it extensively. So if right now you're doing play testing, that must mean that Hell Knight, maybe besides of, uh, you're probably putting like the art to it and format and everything, but does that mean the game is pretty close to being done besides play testing it to make sure everything works out good yeah play testing is uh, finished it's already finished uh, for some time the game is uh, already written it's uh, only being designed i'm working closely with the graphic designer thomas spicoli who is a very talented fancy artist with almost a bit more than 30 years of experience he's like a a bit of a legendary skater, musician, artist figure in, here in Buenos Aires. So I'm very stoked, stoked to be working with him because he, he works everything like in a very old school DIY approach. Uh, he doesn't use internet at all. He uh, still uses glue <laughs> for some of his work. Um, so the idea is to show a product that uh, will be basically done in an old school way. Let's talk about NeuroCity, Warplaned, and now Hell Knight, which is on Kickstarter. So obviously I know about your games, and hopefully pretty soon I'll be running it with uh, the people I normally play with and maybe also on our podcast. But for those mm -hmm. who don't know anything about these games... Can you tell us about, because what's cool about each game is that while you used uh, similar rule sets, 
the settings and tones are and themes of the games are very different. NeuroCity is a way different game than Warpland, and of course, Hell Knight, even though we haven't seen it or played it yet, Hell Knight looks like a very, very different game compared to the last two. So can you tell mm-hmm. us about each game, NeuroCity, Warpland, and Hell Knight, and what are their main themes, and what are those games about? Yes, uh, well, uh, NeuroCity is a tech noir dystopia, uh, inspired in 1984 from George Orwell and the movie Alphaville from Godard. Um, you can think of it as a serious version of paranoia. It has a very strong emphasis on stress mechanics and dealing with uh, moral dilemmas and moral issues. It's uh, like I said, it's a very it's like like a noir. A game. The idea is for players to they start working as operatives within the system, and they will eventually find out that the whole system is wrong. Uh, the system is run by an artificial intelligence, and one of the premises of NeuroCity is that you do not you do not know uh, what's the origin of the city. You don't know what what it is all about. What what how. Uh, things uh, came as they are. So the book comes with a few possibilities for these origins. And I think that it's very nice that every every session of my games uh, turns very differently from... It has its own particular flavor because of this, because uh, I could play a session of Inner City uh, and... I wouldn't know what was the deal, what, what's going on behind the city, even I as an author. So I think that I, I like that a lot. I like that the readers and the players uh, make the game their own. I do that with all my games. And Warblam, uh, it's a, an acid, a dark acid fantasy or a science fantasy. Uh, it's basically, it's also a post-apocalyptic setting uh, we do not know if it is on Earth or maybe in another planet like Mars, but a previous uh, advanced civilization had a war. Uh, they were called the Eloi, uh, I guess the, Mor- the Morlocks. That's a reference uh, from the time machine from H.G. Wells. And in that war, uh, they destroyed the essence of light and, and also the sun. So basically, the whole world is uh, being infected or uh, touched by a corrupted version of of light. And this corrupted version of light uh, does not uh, seek to create, but it causes random mutations uh, on everything living, on all all living things. So, and there is also a a very strong thing that deals with obscurantism, there is like a religion that prohibits knowledge. It prohibits reading and writing on the reason or on the basis that because of knowledge or because of science, uh, the world became corrupted or became uh, plummet, uh, uh, plummeted into chaos. It's also very interesting to see the, the, the characters like being, it's like, it seems like a Conan setting, but they will also have a lot of uh, advanced relics of technology from the bygone age, but those relics are forbidden, and reading and writing is also forbidden, so uh, all books are being burned, 
And again, players uh, might be interested in finding out uh, what happened, what, what, hap what was the previous civilization like, is there a way to restore the balance of the world? Uh, at the same time, there is like a big black hole in the middle of the map that is sucking away everything. From that black hole, there are like demonic entities that lure warlocks with their power. So you have black magic and you have advanced technology and you have, a, it's like a good a mashup of various genres and it somehow uh, works out. Warpland, I kind of got from it the sense of like, like you said, science, uh, fiction, fantasy. So kind of like Flash Gordon, John Carter. Um, yes, yes. There's old pulp not so magazines. Much, not so much over the top. I mean, it has a um, little bit things of everything. Little things of Flash Gordons, uh, of course. Uh, little things of uh, Conan, a bit of He-Man maybe also. <laughs> yeah, I like your description to me the first time we are talking about Warplan. You said that a friend described it as a He-Man on acid, basically. I find that a pretty <laughs> yes. hilarious description of the game. So I had a good sense of war plans. After reading through it, I have a good idea of the world and everything. What is kind of the main... So we have some ideas of what war plans about. A little, like you said, a little bit of Flash Gordon, a little bit of uh, Conan, a bunch of things kind of put together in your own unique vision. For Neuro City, what could people piece together to like understand what it's about like is it close to the matrix or what pieces of media were inspired to make neurocity uh, yes as i said uh, i think that the more most important pieces of media are 1984 from orwell alphaville from godard and also thx uh, 1138 from uh, george lucas I think that between those three uh, movies, uh, you have a very strong idea about Nero City. You can also watch uh, Dark City. That's also a good reference. Um, yeah, that, that's. I think that uh, between those four, you are pretty. You you will have a pretty good idea what it is about. It is a very bleak and dark setting and as i said it deals a lot with stress and suspense and dealing with authority and uh, rejecting the orders of that authority and the consequences of not uh, submitting to a system uh, i think it's a very good exercise it was actually uh, played a lot in in law school in mexico uh, by a professor to deal with uh, civilian rights. That must be kind of cool knowing that your game has an influence out there besides people having fun and playing it, but like this uh, lawyer is out there using it himself. That's pretty neat. For, this, for the students, yeah. Yeah, for, for the, the students and teaches students. Like that's really cool. What about Hell Knight? Because that game looks really cool, a very unique uh, stylization to it that I'll let you just talk about. But besides talking to us about what Hell Knight is about, I have one additional question in that Warplanned, there's connections to NeuroCity. If people want, there could be some direct crossovers between your first two games. Maybe mm -hmm. this will be a little teaser to the future, or maybe you don't want to spoil it, but is Hell Knight going to have any connection to the first two games of yours? And what is it about? It wouldn't be so difficult to connect Hell to that void that happens in, in Warblam. 
Uh, I don't think it was the main idea. Uh, my my main intention was to, as always, to write something different. That's why uh, the book is actually uh, has a different format. My previous two books were uh, eight point five. Uh, uh, 8.5 they were both symmetrical and this is going to be a 6 by 9 uh, and also the rules will will be a bit condensed uh, it will be a bit more minimal because it will be more especially suited for one shots or low story arcs mm. um, but they, they will use the same workhorse system, my 2D6 uh, roll under the stat system. And uh, I really want to try my best at the horror genre, uh, which I am a fan. And it eventually developed when playtesting play it, we, we realized that uh, it was very hilarious. So humor became something very important about it. And it fit it uh, very well because you know that uh, B horror movies from the 80s they always had black humor mixed up with ultra violence so the whole concept made sense so is hell knight kind of like if you added more dark humor to the nicolas cage movie mandy is that like a good description of what it could be like or no yes i think it is a good it is a good description actually i think that mandy has uh, a bit of humor of course, and also uh, uh, lots of uh, movie references to the 80s. I also changed my writing style a lot in Hell Knight because the writing style in Hell Knight uh, appeals a lot to the to the reader, speaks to the reader, and makes fun of the reader. And I don't know, for example, the the DM is called the Dark Master. Uh, all across the the book, uh, we find out that uh, the demons called uh, Satan, the Dark Master, as well. So it's like it has all that funny breaking the fourth wall stuff. So officially, I can be as the Dark Master, the DM. I'm essentially Satan in a way. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because my players normally call me Satan, but in this case, <laughs> it'll be for a actual reason. That's cool. So you're talking about media inspiration and i guess we talked a little bit about it with mandy which is a great nicholas cage movie and really it sounds like has a good uh it captures the style of this game pretty well was there any other movies or books that led to inspiration for hell knight i think that the main inspiration is all the b-movie phenomenon in the 80s that it's a genre by, by itself and you can have literally literally thousands of movies that that deal with this sort of stuff um, yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to name one and it would never end. Uh, Makes sense. I don't know, from Friday the 13th to, I don't know, I like Cronenberg a lot. I like uh, John Carpenter a lot. Uh, I like Wes Craven. Uh, I don't know. There, there are so many guys that, and I like them all. That uh, makes sense. For, forgot to say that one of the premises of the setting is also that uh, Satan is missing, and that's why hell is convoluted, convoluted uh, in a state of turmoil, and that is why the archdemons or the archons are uh, escaping hell, and the characters need to capture them. So it it somehow fits all the concept that the DM is actually Satan, the, the one missing from hell. 
<laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a pretty neat twist. Yeah, because Warpland um, has the sun. The sun kind of disappeared. And in this, Satan is gone. And that's really cool that in the end, kind of the DM is sort of Satan in a way, who's also kind of running this whole universe and world for the players. Yes. So like a filmmaker Absolutely. or a screenwriter studies great scripts to learn how to format and write good movies. Did you have to study great role-playing games to learn? Like, you already had your own idea and maybe, like, your own mechanics of how you want to run this game and the world you want to do, but did you study role-playing games to learn how to, like, actually format and write role-playing games, or how did that uh, learning come from? Yes, yes, I am constantly uh, buying RPGs, especially indie RPGs, uh, and reading for them, uh, taking some ideas, taking what what I think that works from them, uh, learning both from their uh, successes and their misses. Um, of course, yes. I for Hellnight I must have read like twenty RPGs, um, uh, but also for the mechanics, uh, I'm also always looking to improve uh, the system that is a staple uh, for me. Absolutely, yeah. I, I I need to constantly be reading about that, not only in RPGs, but also in literature. I try that every game that I make has a sort of a godfather of literature that sort of guides me or fuels with his, with his wisdom and spirit my work. For, for Neurocity, it was well, George Orwell, for Warplam. Um, it was the Strugatsky brother that they wrote Hard to be a God, a book that um, became uh, two movies, and both movies are great. Actually, the the Russian version of Hard to be a God is always compared to Morgborg. And for Hell Knight, I decided that a Hunter and Thompson will fit uh, beautifully with him, with with the whole concept, with the whole theme. Because he made uh, not only Fear and Loading in Las Vegas, that features a very a good criticism about uh, society, about modern society, but he also wrote uh, Hell's Angels. That's, uh, that's also a beautiful essay about uh, bikers and, and going on, on becoming like a modern savage, you know, a person that... Uh, submits to violence, to uncontrolled violence and to their uncontrolled urges. And I think that Hell Knight uh, deals a lot with that, to to let the players just uh, do all do their worst. <laughs> mm, that makes sense. And with the cover of Hell Knight, you got a really cool uh, poster as your main, um, your main piece of art, which is a kind of like a demonic look at like a Satan-like creature riding a chopper. And so is this game going to focus a lot on like motorcycle gangs? Is that going to be the main thing that people are going to be able to play characters who are in a motorcycle gang or do you not have to be part of a gang? An important aspect of the game, it's not three of the five classes uh, start with a, with a hell ride that is basically a, a demonic bike. It's a biomechanical uh, thing. 
uh, entity. So they are uh, more like mascots rather than machines. They have their own personalities, they have their own powers, they have their own personality quirks and their own uh, names. Uh, the book uh, has uh, about five random tables designed for, uh, for hell rides. And the other classes will also have several tables that deal with, uh, with vehicles like uh, vintage uh, cars or uh, that sort of stuff. So uh, vehicles will be a part of the, of part of the setting. Yes, I think that's uh, an important part of the setting. Uh, it will also, the, the, the book will also have some mechanics that deal with, uh, with cars with vehicles like uh, like a mechanic for cha for chases and a random table for chases and uh, vehicle accidents and the consequences of these accidents. Uh, this is just an aspect like ultraviolence. The, the book will also have uh, four critical hit tables, uh, one for each type of damage, slashing, blunt, uh, piercing and bullets. So Something yeah. that I'm very happy with this game and what you've been able to do with it is that, like you said, you're from Argentina where the role-playing game scene isn't very big. In fact, when you had it in just Spanish, it didn't really take off very well. And right now, you have three role-playing games out right now, and you've done a very good job of just as a single creator branching out to make it so that people can find your game and play it. So it's really tough. Like, of course, uh, Free League or Wizards of Coast, they have many people that run their social media accounts and they put a lot of money into sponsored ads so people can find it, uh, not really naturally, but just be able to find their game and hopefully get them to check it out. But you're doing this as a single game creator. Can you talk to us about not writing a game, but getting the word out on your role-playing game. Because you have a good size and pretty, actually, very interactive group on Facebook, which if people just type in NeuroCity Warplanned or even Hell Knight on Facebook, you should be able to find the Facebook page where uh, Gavriel and a bunch of other people are constantly talking and putting in different inspirational art or asking about the rules, but just talking about your games. But you have a really good, uh, good-sized group on Facebook. So can you talk to us about, as a single game creator, how do you get people to find your game, especially since most of the players are not going to be from your country? At the beginning, to be honest, um, it was very difficult because I was uh, uh, an absolute uh, newcomer. So getting the word out for neurosity uh, was very difficult and demanded a lot of uh, interaction in, in social media, in Reddit and all the forums and Facebook and, and whatever. And understandably, uh, People from the community were a bit uh, adamant because they they could only see like some of the art or some of the writing. They 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 thought it was cool, but they didn't know who I was or if I had the capacity to to finish a product or to or to make a, even a game. Um, uh, at the beginning, they thought. I remember people saying, "Okay, you are just making another paranoia clone." <laughs> or something like that but well eventually uh, I, I could show them that I could do something different um, luckily by doing that 
Uh, I earned a lot of friends, uh, a lot of people from the community that helped me constantly and, and believe in my work. And I try to help them back. I think that one of the purposes of the stretch goals is also uh, bringing some awareness of the people that helped me, that have always helped me since the beginning, and that they are very talented guys and very passionate guys. Um, I think that uh, well, what we are seeing right now with the newest new OSR. Uh, movement is uh, is wonderful. I think that it's wonderful that everyone is uh, so passionate about trying in this stuff. That everybody wants to create their own stuff. I think that uh, that's one of the key aspects of every movement. That everyone wants to participate and everyone uh, connects with each other and has a saying and and feels part of that community. Uh, I hope that. Uh, more players from from the other side come to come to us and and find out that there really is um, something about playing uh, indie games, indie RPG games that uh, traditional uh, traditional games cannot give you. I have to say that I couldn't be more grateful with the way that the community has helped me and endorsed my projects. So I have only good. Uh, things to say about it. Coming from uh, a musical scene, because I'm, I'm also a musician, uh, I was uh, gratefully surprised. What is next for you? So after Hell Knight, which I believe is out for another 40 days or so on Kickstarter, what do you have going on for this? Are you going to be taking a break from writing role-playing games? Do you have another idea that you might want to pursue into a fourth role-playing game? Or are you going to maybe think about doing installments or future expansions for any of the three role-playing games you've put out? So what is next for you? I am a bit of a, an anomaly. This for me is my only work. And I can somehow manage to survive doing this because uh, I live in a third world country and the currency the dollar currency helps me a lot. To, so I can basically spend five or six months doing the concept design behind a game and uh, doing all the playtesting and doing everything. So it works. I have to say it somehow works. I, uh, I am very surprised that it works. And most people that I discuss it with, they are also surprised. But it does. Um, so I, the, the thing is that I have to, of course, I have to keep creating. I cannot just take the luxury of having like a two or three months holiday from creating anything. Um, so yes, uh, I just launched a Tuluhak for Mothership that uh, has a great take on stress mechanics. Uh, and has been graphically designed by Rodrigo Vega. That's an incredible, great illustrator and graphic designer from Argentina. And uh, we are probably going to to do uh, a take on that and and do a, an RPG that is a sci-fi, but it will be a 60s sci-fi with the oh. 60s aesthetics and the 60s uh, preoccupations, no? That's, oh, that's cool. I think it's quite different from the mothership angle, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, it, it mostly deals with exploration on uh, with humanitarian concerns. Uh, the whole uh, the whole scenario is very different, uh, and I think that we might use uh, this Tulu hack for that. That works uh, like a charm. I was. Uh, um, very surprised that it worked so so well, and I'm also working with um, trying trying to develop what might be uh, defined as a post-apocalyptic uh, superhero RPG. It will be called Meltdown, and you will hear about that for sure in a couple of months. Oh, very cool. Meltdown, a superhero role-playing game. And that I'm excited to see your take on because there are a couple good superhero role-playing games out there, but not not a ton, especially for the superhero genre with Marvel and DC movies being so popular. You would think there would be some much bigger role-playing games for superhero genre, but there's really not. There's, uh, I think Sentinel Games has... Uh, one that's pretty good, but besides that, like Marvel only has one from I think like the early 2000s or 90s. DC had one that I played many years ago, but it was out, and then they didn't really make much expansions for it, and then it just died. So, Meltdown, your superhero role playing game, that should be fun. And that 60s uh, space travel themed role playing game seems cool. And congratulations on that is so cool that you're able to make this as your job. You're not forced to go to a job that you hate and then only do this as a side project. You can <laughs> work on this yes, whole time. Yes, That's yes. a dream, honestly. And also, congrats on Hell Knight because Hell Knight is doing very well. And I'm going to put the Kickstarter link in the description below for people to check it out. And hopefully, it looks interesting to you. and you can back it. But yeah, congratulations on Hell Knight because that's also doing very well. Thank you, Austin. Hopefully we will reach the 666 backers to make uh, the product into a hardback. I wanted to say that uh, what I what I really strive to do, I think that the main difficulty, difficulty I have uh, whenever I develop a game is to make uh, something that stands out as unique and different. Um, so I, I, I do think that there are a couple of RPGs, uh, superhero RPGs, and, and they are very good. But I, I wanted to to explore a bit of of something that I think that Aberrant only tried to do. Uh, have you heard of Aberrant? I have the not. RPG? No. It, it was from the same company from White Wolf, I think. I think White Wolf made it. Um, I, I, the main interesting thing about it is that it deals with superheroes, but from a more humanistic aspect. And the thing is that their superpowers uh, causes a, a, a loss of humanity. You know? and, and also they, they are like uncontrollable power and it ends up destroying them. So Meltdown will be mainly about that, of, of, of being a superhero. But if you use those powers, uh, the chances for a Meltdown uh, will increase and might destroy you or or destroy your mind or destroy your friends or destroy i don't know a city or or change your appearance uh, so it will deal with that and it will be post apocalyptic oh that's cool so like a much darker take on the superhero genre that's also post apocalyptic yes, absolutely 
that's something I really like about your role-playing games is that you take a similar genre and do something very different with it. You were just talking about Meltdown. Superhero movies, there are like six of them a year. And it's gotten to the point that even though I love superhero movies, I miss the occasional one or two sometimes just because there's so many out there and I've kind of mm-hmm. gotten the superhero fatigue. Your role-playing game isn't just your standard superhero genre. It is one that takes a darker look at it while also being in a post-apocalyptic setting. And that sounds super, super cool. And like uh, Hell Knight, it's a take on B-movies, but it's something that it's totally different. The idea of Satan being gone and kind of hell coming upon Earth because of it, that's a really neat idea. And the same thing for Warplant and Nero City. So thank you very much for talking with me. And uh, for everyone else, where should people check out your games? For like after Hell Knight is out, where can people find Nero City, Warplant, and Hell Knight? You will be able to find Hell Knight um in Exalted Funeral. Uh, Exalted Funeral is distributing Hell Knight. We'll be fulfilling our pledges. Most likely, uh, they will also be able to offer the hardback version of Warplan, which you can also get if you're a backer in, in Hell Knight. You can put as an add-on. Or you can also find a Neuro City and Warplan as a print-on-demand in drive-through RPG. And it's so. I think that it's also very interested. Interesting if you, if any, uh, wants to join our Facebook group, uh, self-referentially called Worlds of Kiroga, <laughs> uh, and we deal with all with with all these worlds, and uh, we discuss all types of gen- of genres, and uh, everyone is invited to just uh, post whatever they feel like. I think that um, it's very interesting that uh, we we are a community, but still we do not have a defined uh, genre. We we can talk about sci-fi, we can talk about sci- uh, fantasy, we we can talk about horror, we can talk about uh, philosophy behind RPGs. Uh, we we share the same passions, uh, and those passions are very eclectic. Or hectic. I don't know which is the correct word. <laughs> for everyone out there, thanks for listening and thanks, Gabriel, for coming on to the podcast. It was a nice chatting with you. And for everyone else out there, check out the links I'm going to put in the description below. And I will be talking about War Planned in Neuro City in a future episode very soon. So stay tuned for that. This is Austin. I'll be talking to everyone next time on the next episode of the Beer and Pretzel Podcast.